Hey there, my friend, it's Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, and welcome back to another episode here on the Fit Mother Project Podcast. Today, we're taking some more Q&As from our amazing Fit Mother members, and all of the Q&A today is gonna be focused on some wonderful nutrition questions. So as a little forecast, the first question we're gonna be talking about is the difference between cocoa powder and the cacao powder that we actually recommend in our shakes and our meal plan. We're also gonna talk about which supplements I recommend, how those supplement recommendations change with age. We're gonna talk about hydration and the importance of minerals. We're gonna talk about what to do if you take supplements and you feel nauseous, 24-hour fasting, and so much more. So I know you're gonna enjoy this episode. Let's get into the first question. So one of our fit mothers asked us is, Dr. A, what's the difference between cacao powder that you recommend in the meal plan and unsweetened cocoa powder that you might find in the store? Now, cacao powder is the raw, unprocessed chocolate. And cocoa powder, oftentimes the powder that we see in the grocery store that is recommended for baking, typically goes through a process called alkalized or dutched. And this is where they actually expose the cacao powder in its raw form to something called potassium carbonate to remove some of the beneficial compounds that give it a particular flavor because they want to make it have this more smooth, light flavor to make it good for baking and stuff like that, more of a mellow flavor. But in the process of alkalizing it or dutching it, as they say, it actually removes a lot of those really beneficial antioxidant compounds called flavonoids that give you so many of the health benefits. So that's why I do not recommend you consume the alkalized or dutched, uh, you know, baking uh cocoa powder, and I recommend you get raw cacao powder as we recommend in the meal plan. And that raw cacao powder is so rich in magnesium, which is so good for your health. It also has a beneficial compound in it called theobromine that acts similar to caffeine in the sense that it's a stimulant and it gives you an increased mood and increases your happy neurotransmitter levels, but it doesn't lead to the crashes. So raw cacao powder is definitely what you want, not the unsweetened cocoa powder. Next question we got is, Dr. A, my family's tied on a budget. If I can only take three supplements, what would you suggest? Well, by far, the first one I'd recommend is you get vitamin D3. Now, vitamin D3, I, I want to say it's more than just a vitamin. It's truly a hormone that affects all these different tissues in your body. It is really good for strong bones and regulating calcium in your body, um, but it's also hugely important for your immune system, for your mood, for recovery from exercise. So it's like foundational. And, and there's been a lot of studies, epidemiological studies that show that a vast majority of people are deficient in vitamin D3. And so supplementing with it, particularly through the winter months, is going to be very important when we're getting less sun and less sunshine. And I would say a recommendation would be take 3,000 to 5,000 IUs of vitamin D3. That is a lot higher than if you looked at some of like the government standard recommendations. They say you only need like 800 to 1,000, but we can always use more D3. And we found during the COVID times too, is people that had the lowest serum vitamin D3 levels had the worst outcomes in terms of severity of illness because vitamin D3 is so good for modulating your immune system. So that's supplement number one, take vitamin D3. The second supplement I recommend is a quality multivitamin because our bodies don't just need calories in the forms of proteins, carbs, and fats. We need micronutrients, all the vitamins and minerals. And if you get a quality multi and you take that, it pretty much covers all your nutritional bases on these micronutrients. And we're coming out very soon with our own organic whole foods multivitamin for fit moms over 40. So you're gonna see that coming to our Fit Mother store very soon, which would be a really great option because these whole food multis are wonderful because not only do they have the vitamins and minerals, but a lot of these organic plant compounds too that are so good. So it's like a really good catch-all supplement. I recommend that. 
And the third supplement would be a high-quality omega-3 source. These omega-3 fatty acids are so good for our heart health, for reducing inflammation. And what's really cool is all of your cells in your body are surrounded by this fatty layer. It's called a phospholipid membrane. And omega-3 fats actually get themselves into that layer and make it so that cells are like more fluid and permeable. So stuff can come in and out of them more easily. So they're just so beneficial for cellular health. And if I had to say, you either get an omega-3 supplement, which by the way, just like the multivitamin, very soon we're releasing our own omega-3 supplement on the Fitmiller store, which is like the highest quality, very good. Or you can also do some cod liver oil. So cod liver oil is an amazing supplement because you get the omega-3s, but you also get the fat-soluble vitamins, vitamin A, D, E, and K. All of it's in the cod liver oil. So vitamin D, multivitamin, and omega-3 source or cod liver oil. And then you only ask for three, but I'd say number four would probably be a high-quality protein powder just because it's so convenient. It's not as foundational as the top three, but it can be a really good source for morning smoothies, for meal replacement shakes. You can make healthy desserts with it. So it's a really good lifestyle tool. So those are my supplement recommendations. We had another fit mom ask us, hey, Dr. A, give me the cliff note benefits on hydration and why we need to add salt in the first 32 ounces of water in the morning. Well, each of your cells is filled with water. So ultimately, we're trying to improve health. We're trying to improve cellular health. And if we're dehydrated, all of your cells just can't function as well as possible. And as we get older, getting older is kind of a process of essentially getting dehydrated. Like what happens to people's skin as they get older? You look at a woman who's 80 years old. Well, her skin has gotten dehydrated. It doesn't have the plumpness of youth. It gets wrinkly and dry. And then our spine, our discs in our spine that give us you know, the nice posture and, and more height, those get dehydrated too. And then we start to shrink. So for longevity benefits, we need to maximize hydration. And when it comes to maximizing hydration, you know, Water is a part of it, like the H2O molecule, but water is amazing because it's this great solvent that things can dissolve into. And our body needs all the minerals that get dissolved into water for proper hydration. So like the sodium, the chloride, the potassium, the magnesium, these are the really amazing minerals that lead to the experience of hydration. So your heart, for example, we often take it for granted the fact that our heart is beating naturally. The reason your heart can beat is because it actually uses minerals like calcium, sodium, and potassium to create elect electrical gradients that allow your heart to beat. So this is actually why a lot of people die from dehydration. It's not just the fact that there's not enough water. It actually throws off your electrolyte imbalance. Uh, it causes electrolyte imbalance, which causes your heart not to work as well, and your heart basically starts to die. So the minerals are so, so vital, and that's why in the morning we recommend you re mineralize your water. And you could also drink some spring water, which is naturally a rich source in minerals. You can add some Celtic sea salt or pink Himalayan sea salt, which has a lot of minerals, including trace minerals, or you can get some mineral powder or mineral drops. So if you want to really maximize your health, hydration is key. So you need the minerals, particularly first thing in the morning. And then when you're eating foods, a lot of the reason why these fruits and vegetables and different foods that we love are so good for us is because they have minerals. Those fruits and vegetables are actually absorbing minerals through their roots so that they can thrive. And then when we eat those, we get the minerals. So it all comes down to minerals. It's a huge part about health. So I want you to get more of those. Hey, it's Dr. Ray. I want to quickly pause this episode to thank you so much for listening to this Fit Mother Project podcast. I am just blown away at how amazing this podcast has become, all the powerful stories, all the great expert interviews, and I am so grateful for you for tuning in and being here with everything we're creating here at the Fit Mother Project. And I just wanted to pause to acknowledge you and thank you again for listening. Please keep listening and tuning in to all the great stuff we're doing here at the FMP. Let's get back to today's episode.
Another quick question is, what can I eat in the morning when I take supplements so they don't make me feel nauseous? Some things besides the shake. Well, one of the reasons people feel nauseous when they take supplements is they're taking them on a mostly an empty stomach, and they're, and everyone's got a different sensitivity of how sensitive their stomach is to feeling nausea. Um, and I would say... If you're feeling nauseous from your supplements, then you can try maybe some of our whole food options like some egg-based recipes. You can take your supplements with some fruit, perhaps some of those lower sugar fruits we talked about in our first Q&A. Or you can actually start to take your supplements with lunch and dinner. They don't have to be in the morning. So once your stomach has a little more food in it, you can take it at a later meal or just split your dose where you take some of the supplements with breakfast and some with lunch or dinner. But if you're feeling nauseous every morning, it can't be fun, right? So it's better to take your supplements at a different time. And with a lot of these supplements, it's just important that they're in your body, not necessarily that they're in your body in the morning, but whenever you get them in could be beneficial. So that's a good option. A lot of ladies who feel nauseous in the morning, take them with dinner. So another question is, why do you have to have at least two days between 24-hour fasts? Well, the simple answer is you don't. Although we do recommend that in the meal plan because we want to make sure that you have healthy, consistent habits and you're not just getting into the habit of just like really not eating uh, and then just having a huge meal and not eating. But there are people who follow a one meal per day um, eating plan. It's called OMAD, where they basically do a 24-hour fast every day and then have like a huge meal from, let's just say, from the hours of 5 to 6, 30, 7 o'clock, they eat like their whole day's worth of calories. And that is a viable way to eat. If you really like that and you vibe with that, then you can do that. Although for the Fit Mother Meal Plan and for sustainability, most people find that that's not the best way to do it. But if you really want to do back-to-back 24-hour fasts, you can. Um, But I like the idea of separating them by at least a couple days because it makes your body be a little more metabolically flexible. So during the 24-hour fasting, for example, your body's going to be emptying out those carbohydrate stores, increasing ketone production, burning a lot of fat, and then you go ahead and feed yourself after to break the fast. And then the next day, you can get back to the regular meal plan where you're giving your body a whole bunch of different things, proteins, carbs, and fats. Then a couple days later, you empty out the tank and you do a fast. So there's a benefit to being metabolically flexible and giving your body this like wave of different kinds of nutrients. But technically speaking, you do not have to have at least two days between 24-hour fasts. You can do them back-to-back. That's like a one meal per day um, format that many people do well with. Another great question is, hey, Dr. Ray, does our nutrition have to change as we get older? Like, should we increase our protein and fiber? And do I need to adjust supplements with as I age to help with hormones? So yes, it does. But our baseline meal plan, like we teach in the Fit Mother Meal Plan, is going to be good for you from ages 40 all the way until the day you die. But I will get into some nuances of the plan. As we get older, it's a good idea to focus on a high-protein diet to offset some of the age-related muscle loss that happens to people. Because what happens to a lot of women is they end up getting like frail and losing their muscle as they get older, especially post-menopause. Because as the estrogen levels are lower post-menopause, a lot of ladies start to like lose the benefits of estrogen, which can help with muscle gain. It can help with heart health. It keeps your bones strong. And so one way to offset that is to focus on a higher-protein diet, which is certainly what the Fit Mother Meal Plan is. It is higher protein. So each of the meals on the Fit Mother Meal Plan has around 30 to 40 grams of protein. And that's just a really good target for most ladies. 
Now, what you also want to do is keep your immune system really strong as you age, because one of the par parts of getting older is something called immunosenescence, where your white blood cells, those immune defenders, they just get weaker and they get a little older as we age. And this is why we become more susceptible to cancers and to infections as we get older. So this is why I highly recommend you focus on a lot of very colorful foods, particularly fibrous foods and plant-based foods, because that's going to feed your gut microbiome and keep your immune system really strong as you age. So some of the good fruits like berries, kiwis, green tip bananas, cantaloupes, papaya. These are really great for fiber for your gut microbiome, as well as all the vegetables, avocados, perfect plate type stuff. Like That fiber is going to help your gut microbiome. Now, another important thing as you age is to really focus on calcium and vitamin D, especially post-menopause, because when you're, let's just say, in your mid to late 50s into 60s and your estrogen levels are lower, one of the big problems that happens to ladies is their bones become a lot more frail because estrogen is so helpful for the bones, and when estrogen levels are lower, the bones can get weaker. And that's one of the benefits of strength training is strength training gives a mechanical stress that helps the bones get stronger, but it's also a good idea to increase your intake of vitamin D3 and vitamin K2. So a lot of us know about D3, it's very good. We get D3 in supplements and through the sun, but vitamin K2 is a special form of uh, vitamin K that actually helps with calcium balance and make sure that the calcium in the blood gets deposited into the bones and it works really well with vitamin D3. And so there are some foods that are high in K2, like chicken and grass-fed butter has vitamin K2, fermented foods like sauerkraut, um, natto, things like this has vitamin K2, but you can also get a vitamin D3 K2 supplement, which can be very good. Another important part about getting older is actually to maximize your melatonin production. So melatonin is this master evening hormone that has longevity benefits, immune system benefits, and obviously helps us sleep really well. As we get older, our melatonin levels naturally decline. So I would say consider supplementing with melatonin on occasion, but certainly and more importantly, make sure you're wearing blue blockers and not getting too much bright light at night because I think that's a huge problem for ladies as they get older is they're not maximizing melatonin. They're getting too much light when the sun is down and that can really mess with your health. So another change with nutrition a lot of ladies find, let's just say when you're in your 60s, is you find that you may need less meals. So let's just say when you're in your 30s and 40s, uh, you used to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And some ladies find that they only need to have two meals as they get older. Maybe you start intermittent fasting and have that first meal at like 10, 30, 11, and then you just have dinner a little earlier at four or five. It seems as we get older, we just don't need as much food and we don't need as much digestive stress from a ton of food. So you may find that you actually have fewer meals and that's totally natural. I think a key part of you aging gracefully and just having good intuition is always checking in with your body and seeing what feels good for you. That's gonna change as your hormones change in different seasons of your life. So you may find that you eat fewer meals. I had the pleasure of interviewing a very healthy octogenarian named Jim who is in his 80s and he's still super vibrant and he's writing books and traveling and speaking. And his plan is really interesting. So he gets up, he exercises in the morning, he eats a breakfast, and then he actually has an early dinner around three o'clock and he doesn't eat after that. He starts fasting into the evening hours. So that's something to consider as well. Now, another thing that's important as we age is to increase the levels of our collagen intake. So collagen are these really great connective tissue proteins um, that are very beneficial for just you know your overall health, your joint health, making sure your skin looks good. So either taking collagen in supplement form, which good news, we're gonna be introducing a Fit Mother collagen supplement to our store very soon, so keep your eyes out for that, or doing bone broths. Um, so from beef bones or maybe some chicken bone broth can be very, very beneficial. 
Another thing as we age to consider is um, our bodies actually absorb less of vitamin B12 as we age. And this is because our stomach acid gets a little lower as we get older. And this is something that particularly happens in your sixth and seventh decades of life. And when you have a lower stomach acid, you actually don't absorb as much B12. So it's important to actually get enough B12, particularly if you're following a plant-based diet because B12 is found in animal-based foods. It's found in fish, meat, poultry, eggs. And one thing I would suggest, and I, I shot a YouTube video on this fairly recently, is to start using high-quality nutritional yeast. Nutritional yeast is full of a ton of B vitamins, including B12. So even just putting that on your salads is going or in your smoothies or on dinner meals is going to be great. It tastes really nice, and it's a good way to get more B vitamins. And then one of the final things I'll say is if you're post-menopause, it's a good idea to start introducing some foods that have natural phytoestrogens in them. I'm talking about organic flax, organic soy, or maybe something like a maca root powder in your shakes because these phytoestrogens are really good. They can still bind to that estrogen receptor on your cells and exert some of the positive benefits that estrogen normally does. So when your estrogen levels are lower post-menopause, getting phytoestrogens into your diet can help you feel more balanced and it's a good graceful way to have some natural hormone support from these kinds of foods. And you can still continue to do things like the seed cycling that we covered in one of the previous uh, nutrition Q&A podcasts because the seed cycling is going to give you some of the phyto phytoestrogens and it will help you become very beneficial on that front. And then the final suggestion I have for you in this Q&A is to include more anti-cancer compounds and anti-cancer practices in your diet as you get older. So anti-cancer compounds that I love, first off is some high-quality curcumin, um, which is the active compound in the turmeric uh, spice. So you can certainly use turmeric in your cooking, but you don't absorb too much of it. So actually getting a high-quality bioavailable curcumin supplement can be very good. It's anti-inflammatory, it's anti-cancer. Another thing I like is getting some high-quality organic green tea. There are a lot of benefits as well for mood, for energy, for fat burning and anti-cancer. And then start to do some fasting once in a while. Do some longer fasting. If you can explore things like we teach in Fitmiller 30X phase number four, like a three-day water fast, this can be something you do one to two times per year um, safely under medical supervision. But I'm just telling you the research shows it's going to be really good for resetting your immune system, stimulating your stem cells, and really giving your body a chance to take out the metabolic garbage. Those deeper fasts can be a benefit fit for a longevity-focused nutrition plan. So a lot of great stuff in this Q&A. I hope you found this valuable, my friend. I appreciate you being a part of our Fit Mother community. I recommend you check out all these different Q&A podcasts I've done. I've done four of them recently, and there's been a lot of great questions. Uh, so keep the questions coming. If you have stuff you want to be have it covered in a future podcast, uh, ping Amy and her team. Uh, let us know what you want, and I'll shoot one of these in the near future and include your question in an upcoming Fit Mother podcast. Have a wonderful day, my friend. This is Dr. A signing off. I'll talk to you very soon. Hey there, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fit Mother Project Podcast. If you love what you heard, I have a favor to ask you. Please consider taking 60 seconds right now to leave us a rating and review on our podcast. Leaving us a review is super quick. It only takes a minute and it's so, so helpful to us as it really boosts this podcast to reach more people who need this information and this message. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can leave us a star rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the like button and leave us a comment. Overall, I truly appreciate you being with us here on the podcast. On behalf of me and my entire Fit Mother Project team, we truly feel honored and grateful to support you and your family on your journey to fantastic health. I thank you for your support of this podcast and of this mission. 
Also, if you're interested in joining our Complete Fit Mother program and becoming an official member of our community, you can visit our website, fitmotherproject.com. And on the Fit Mother site, you'll be able to see our Complete Fit Mother program along with our online store with the best supplements designed for busy moms. And you'll also find a ton of free resources like recipes, workouts, meal plans, and more. God bless you and your family. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll catch you on the next episodes of the Fit Mother Project podcast.